Boom! There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Have you ever considered standing on stage and speaking for a living? If that sounds like something that might interest you, then today's episode is going to capture your attention. So stay tuned because we're going to speak to an expert on this space. Let's get this one started. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. Look, a business can give you everything you want in life. Prestige, wealth, freedom. It can also take everything away from you. This show is for those who are willing to take that risk. These are the real life stories of entrepreneurs. But before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It can be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you, and welcome to another episode of Business Boss! Attention all aspiring speakers. Are you tired of struggling to build your speaking business and getting booked for paid engagements? Our guest today has been there before and has cracked the code to success. He's a sought-after speaker and founder of Speaker Labs, the uh, which is which has helped thousands of speakers achieve their dreams. He's going to share his expertise and insight on how to get booked and paid for speaking gigs, even during tough times. So get ready to take notes and learn from the best in the business. Let's welcome to the show Grant Baldwin. <laughs> Grant, welcome to the program, man. Man, that was beautiful. That was so good. I'm, I'm excited to hang out with you today. There you go. Dude, uh, I, I always think that the best way to uh, start a podcast is with a lot of energy and to have some fun. You are a speaker on a stage, so you're teaching people to bring the energy. So my first question is, you've probably been on a number of different podcasts. Did I do a good job getting the energy going? If I was going to step on a stage, did I bring the energy? Man, I've done a, I've done a lot of podcast interviews. That was one of the dopest intros I've ever seen, though. So I, I feel good, man. I'm, I'm fired up. <laughs> All right, man. Let's do this. Uh, you know that common saying that most people would rather be in the box than giving the eulogy at a, at a funeral. Everybody is scared to public speak. Uh, and yet today, I feel like more and more people are, quote, speaking and not really understanding the kind of reach. They're getting the reach that they do when they put a TikTok out, when they put an Instagram reel out, and literally they can speak to thousands and thousands of people, and yet maybe some of that fear goes away. How did you get into the speaking space, and then how did you get over the fear of getting on stage? Yeah, great question. So uh, way back uh, in the day, back in high school, in fact, uh, I was really involved in my local church and my youth pastor had a really big impact in my life. And I was like, I want to do that. Like, that seems like a really cool gig. Uh, and so that's kind of the path I was on. I actually went to Bible college. I was a youth pastor at a different church for a little while. And as a youth pastor, it gave me a lot of opportunities to speak. And speaking is one of those things I enjoyed. Uh, I, I was certainly like, I, I felt some of the same nerves. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, and so, but even like in, in high school, taking a speech class or college, taking speech class, like I look forward to it. Like I felt like I was decent at it. I wanted to do more of it and ultimately decided like, Hey, it'd be kind of cool to make a profession out of this. And so at the time this was, you know, 17, 18 years ago or so there were no, uh, uh, like uh, coaches or courses or trainings or podcasts or resources about finding and booking speaking gigs. So I found myself like looking for people who are doing something, what I wanted to do, who are doing the speaking thing. And so I found myself emailing them, stalking them, harassing them, peppering them with questions. Hey, can I pick your brain type stuff and learned a couple of things and, and started like booking some gigs. And I had a lot of the same questions that many speakers that we work with today have things like, 
how do you find gigs and how much you charge? What do you speak about? Who hires speakers? Like, how does this mysterious world work? And so again, started finding some gigs, booking some gigs, got to a point where I was doing about 60, 70 paid speaking engagements uh, a year all over primarily the US and uh, loved it. And then had a lot of people asking me like, Hey man, I want to do that. I want to be a speaker. How would I go about doing that? And so then started doing some coaching training. That's led to, to what we do with the speaker lab uh, today. So the as far as the other question, as far as uh, figuring out, you know, your the, some of the nerves, the anxiety that you may feel before you speak, you feel some of those butterflies. Is that a bad thing? I think oftentimes we kind of get that confused with just excitement and adrenaline, right? So if you think about like some of the key moments in life, like I think about for me personally, I think about like um, when I proposed to my wife, or when we got on our wedding day, or um, when my daughters were born, like some of these like big moments in life, you feel some of that like adrenaline and excitement and butterflies. And it's not like, like when I'm proposing to my wife, I wasn't thinking like, oh, she's, she's going to reject me. Like this is going to be a disaster. It was just like the excitement and just like this heightened uh, emotion of the moment. And so I think oftentimes when we feel that it's not necessarily uh, like, like entirely nerves or butterflies or it's a bad thing necessarily. Oftentimes it's your body's way of just being like, Hey, Hey, like heads up. Like, this is a big deal. Like, lock in here. You know, the um, Super Bowl was played a couple of weeks ago here in the U.S. And if you if you think about like the, the football players that are going out there, like they are professional athletes. They've played hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of football games, have practiced thousands and thousands of hours. They are elite at what it is that they do. But I guarantee before they stepped out on that field for the Super Bowl, they felt the same feelings. And it's not like, oh, this is I, I suck at football and this is going to be a disaster. I'm going to play horrible. It's just like the excitement and adrenaline of the moment. And so when you feel that, it's not a bad thing. But what do you what do you do to make sure it's not debilitating or something that's just going to be crippling? And I think one of the best things that you can do is really spend the time to practice and prepare. The best speakers in the world, the best athletes, the best musicians, the best professionals at whatever the craft is that they do, really take the time to practice behind the scenes. So you see a great speaker and you think, ah, like they just get up and wing it and maybe they scribble some thoughts on a napkin and it all just flows and they're amazing and I can't do that. No, no, no. Like the same thing is true. Like you, you see a, uh, an amazing athlete, you see like a LeBron James and you're just like, oh, LeBron's just really good at basketball. And I'm not like, yeah, he's like a large human being who has some natural athleticism that maybe you or I don't have, but also like the guy spends hours and hours and hours practicing and going over drills time and time again. So he becomes one of the best on the planet. So I think for a speaker, again, whether you're speaking, you know, a hundred times a year, or you're just giving a speech in a, in a high school class, like really spend the time to practice behind the scenes because it gives you a lot more confidence going in. They're like, I may still feel those butterflies, but at least I know I've put in the work and the effort to deliver whenever it comes time. I love the uh, the description that you have about the athletes because I, I know personally um, I played baseball, I played football. Every time right before the game starts and they would do like the national anthem, even watching it on TV, I hear the na national anthem, I still get chills kind of crawling up my, my, like my back, my arms, just that kind of the excitement that you feel. And I liked how you said uh, you used the word excitement versus I feel nervous, right? Because mm -hmm. all of a sudden the words that we're telling ourselves kind of are the words that are going to manifest into what we're going to end up doing. So if you realize that it's excitement that you're feeling versus nervousness, it kind of gives you a little bit of an edge when you go into this thing rather than uh, that nervous feeling where you're just going to like, I'm nervous, I'm scared. And then ultimately you end up kind of falling prey to that because that's what you're telling yourself in your head over and over again. Um, you talked about uh, preparing yourself. 
Mm-hmm. And I know there's a lot of people who, when it comes to preparing themselves, they join groups like Toastmasters and things like that. Tell me a little bit about what Speaker Labs is and how it prepares you so that you have that confidence and excitement when you step on the stage. Yeah, at the Speaker Lab, we focus a lot more on the business of speaking. How do you find gigs? How much do you charge? How do you uh, find and book gigs? Like, how does this mysterious world work? And so that's a lot of what we focus on. So we do a little bit on like the, you know, the art and craft of speaking, because listen, if we can help you book gigs, but you get up on stage and you suck, like it's hard to build a business that way. So your best form of marketing is a great talk and being really, really good uh, on stage. And this isn't exclusive to just speaking. This is true with anything. You know, you think about like you you just saw, uh, you heard some new album or you watched a great movie or you saw something on Netflix or you went to a new restaurant and you recommend it to a friend. The reason you recommend it isn't because the marketing was slick, but because the product was really, really, really good. And so it's important like as a speaker, especially if you want to do this professionally or if you want this to be a bigger part of your business to whatever degree, like you want to make sure that your stuff is sharp that you are professional, that you're you're ready to go. And so you have to treat it like that. Uh, so yeah, as a, within the Speaker Lab, we definitely focus a lot more on the business side uh, because also if you're an amazing speaker, but you don't know how to book gigs, you just kind of, you know, you live in isolation and like, I, I, I can't, I can't get the ball rolling. So we focus a lot more on the, on the business side. All right, let's get into some of that nitty gritty then. Um, I'm just starting off. I've never spoken on a stage, maybe in front of a classroom. I'm using myself as an example. Uh, what do I charge for something like that? Do I do I even charge anything? Because I'd probably be excited for somebody just to say yes, I'll have you on the stage. Right. Yeah. The 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 I'll give you a short answer and a long answer. Uh, the short answer is it depends, uh, which is a horrible answer because uh, there's a lot of variables and factors that go into it. So let me give you a couple of uh, of. Uh, variables that, that go into this. One is going to be your industry. You can charge more in some industries versus others. You can charge more speaking to um, uh, like corporations versus nonprofits. You can charge more speaking to colleges versus elementary schools. It's not the ones better or worse than the others, just that they all, each pond kind of has different fee structures and levels that they're used to. So that's going to be a factor. Another factor is going to be your marketing assets. So whether we like it or not, people judge books by their cover. And so your website, your demo video, uh, those things really matter. And you want to make sure that they look sharp and professional. So an event planner, decision maker, when they're considering hiring you, they are not doing that in isolation or in a vacuum. They're looking at you and probably two, three, four other speakers that they are considering bringing in. And so they're going to look at each of your websites. They're going to look at each of your demo videos and they're kind of pairing you up against each other and they kind of look judging against each other saying, all right, does this person's stuff look sharp? If you are the best speaker on the planet, but your marketing assets look like crap, it's just hard to take you seriously. Now that doesn't mean that you need to have spent thousands of dollars on your website or your marketing assets or anything like that. Like you can get some really high quality stuff done very inexpensively. Or in fact, within uh, the speak lab, within our programs, uh, we actually create a website and demo video for our speakers. So we just remove that barrier and that obstacle for, for speakers. Uh, and then another variable and factor is just your experience. Meaning if you're a brand new speaker, just getting started, you're probably not as good as someone who's been doing this for 10 years. And is frankly, just a better speaker. So there's going to be a variety of the different factors there. But another kind of shortcut we have is we put together a free speaking fee calculator. So if people want to go to myspeakerfee.com, myspeakerfee.com, it's totally free. Answer a couple of multiple choice questions. It will spit out a number at the bottom for you of what you should be charging as a speaker. So it's much more of an art than a science, but at least that kind of gets you, gets you in the ballpark. So definitely check that out. Again, it's myspeakerfee.com. All right, so we now have a general idea of what we're going to charge to speak. We we have a little bit of confidence because we either have a video or at least the website talking about what it is that we do. If maybe we have no experience, we probably don't have a video 
do quite yet, but we have a little bit of something, maybe an intro video of who we are and what we're going to be talking about. Um, so how do we find these gigs, right? Like you, you mentioned versus elementary school versus college, different places charge different things. Uh, I mean, I guess the answer is going to be, it depends on here too, but how do I kind of niche down and decide where the best paid gigs are? Yeah. So what we teach with, uh, with all of our students is we teach a, a five-step process that we call the speaker success roadmap makes the acronym speak S P E A K, uh, cleverly. So, uh, let's kind of walk that through real quick. Some of this we've kind of touched on, but this will kind of give us a good overview. So the S is select a problem to solve, select a problem to solve. Now this is not exclusive to just speakers. This is true for any type of entrepreneurial endeavor. And so you really got to answer two questions. Number one is who do you speak to? And number two, what problem do you solve for that? audience. So this is the most challenging part for speakers and for entrepreneurs in general, because what we tend to want to do is spread the net as far and wide as possible. And so sometimes I'll talk to speakers and I'll say, tell me, tell me who you speak to. And they'll say, I, I don't know, man, people, I speak to humans. My message is for everybody. And that, that just doesn't work. And sometimes I'll ask like, you know, tell, tell me, uh, what, what do you speak about? And they'll say, well, what do you want me to speak about? You know, I can speak about a uh, family or business or marketing or faith or sales or sports or religion or like on and on the list goes. And the reality is, it's like you, you can't do that. And so we always tell speakers that you want to be the steakhouse and not the buffet, the steakhouse and not the buffet. Meaning if uh, let's imagine what, like we're going out for a bite to eat, we're looking for a good steak. Like we have a choice. We could go to a buffet where steak is one of a hundred things that they offer and they're all mediocre, or we could go to a steakhouse where they do one thing, but they do that one thing really, really well. They don't do tacos. They don't do lasagna. They don't do pizza. They don't do cupcakes. They do steak and that's it. Now a steakhouse is not trying to sit around going like, man, how do we have, how do we appeal to vegetarian? Like, no, they're like, they're a steakhouse, you know? So the dangerous thing is, is again, like for speakers and entrepreneurs, it's like, but I could also speak on this and I could also help these people. And I want to, I want to spread the net as far and wide as possible. So it's counterintuitive, but the more narrow you are, the more focused you are, the easier it is to actually find the type of gigs that make sense for you. So solve one specific problem for one specific audience. So that's the first part, S. The rest of this is going to go quicker. The P is to prepare your talk. Prepare your talk. So re be, be really clear on what is the solution that you are providing to an audience and how you are delivering that solution. So uh, is this a, a, a keynote or a workshop or a breakout or a seminar? Is this something that you're going to do any consulting with? Uh, are you doing this in person? Person? Is this more virtual? Is this like a shorter thing? Is this a couple of day thing? So how are you best going to deliver the solution that you're providing? The E is to establish yourself as the expert. So two key marketing assets that you need, we touched on earlier, you need a website and you need a demo video. So in this day and age, if you don't have a website, you don't exist. People aren't going to take you seriously. And a demo video, I want you to think of it like this. A, a demo video is uh, kind of like a movie trailer. So a movie trailer is like they, they're going to take like a two hour movie. They boil it down to two or three minutes. And within those two or three minutes, you have an idea of what the plot is, what the theme, what the genre, who's in it. And the goal of a demo video and the goal of a movie trailer is to make you want to see more because you got to remember like the uh, event planner decision maker, they are in the risk mitigation business. Meaning if I hire you, if I put you up on stage, if I put you in front of my audience, if I hand you a microphone to talk to them, I got to make sure you're like, you're not going to embarrass me. Like you're not going to make me look bad. I know that you're, you're, uh, you're, you're teaching, you're in a high school there. You get a bunch of students. I've done hundreds and hundreds of high school assemblies have been uh, booked by a lot of school principals. And they know like if they pull a thousand students or a couple thousand students out of class and put them in a gym and they hand some Yahoo a microphone, like their reputation's on the line. So that, that video gives them some level of confidence. Like, okay, 
I, I got to make sure that like they're going to represent us well, that they're not going to say anything stupid, that maybe like they're a phenomenal speaker. They're just not like what we're looking for, not a great fit for our audience. So the demo video is important. Next part A is acquire paid speaking gigs. Now, this is the part where speakers make some mistakes is because we've become we were like, okay, I got my website. I got my video. Man, now I just sit back and I wait for the phone to ring. And like, it doesn't work like that. Like you got to be much more proactive than reactive. Like just because you have a website, just because you have a video, doesn't mean anybody cares. And so like your mom is thrilled. She's going to tell both of her friends. Nobody else cares. So you've got to, again, rather than just sitting and waiting, you got to identify specific events, event planners that you are a good fit for. Not everything. Again, we're talking steakhouse, not buffet. But from that point, then we want to start the process of actually reaching out actually following up with them and starting some conversations about how you can provide a solution to the need that they have. And then the last part of the process, K, is know when to scale. Know when to scale. Meaning a lot of people who are interested in speaking are also interested in writing a book or coaching or consulting or doing a podcast, doing a YouTube channel. That's great. Like you can do all the things, but you can't do all the things at once. So something's going to come first. Something's going to come last. You got to be clear about how speaking fits into the mix. So uh, again, I know we covered a lot there, but that's kind of the overarching uh, view of what we teach inside the speaker lab as far as the speaker success roadmap for how to get started as a speaker. That's a great breakdown, though. I mean, the first one, select the problem to solve. I think a lot of us fall into that prey of, or that problem of we want to talk to too many people. And niching down tends to be a very difficult thing for a lot of entrepreneurs, which is why we end up struggling to grow at some point. And I kind of wanted to harp in on the prepare your talk a little bit. Um, so when, when speakers are getting ready to talk, I know there's a difference between getting ready for a workshop versus standing on a stage like a TED talk, but what are some helpful pieces of advice to, to, for speakers to do to prepare themselves so that they have a good presentation? So they have a good script. Is it like, you know, do I, do I use a Prezi? Is it a PowerPoint? Do I memorize? Do I like, what, what are some tips that we can use so that when we step on the stage, we're, we're more of a rock star and less like a rock. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right. So there's a, a couple different things here. One is this is what I personally do. Okay. Is I actually will, if I'm doing a brand new presentation, never, never shared this before. Uh, I will actually manuscript it out. Uh, like word for word. Now the point here, this is important, is not to memorize a script. Okay, it's to just kind of get the essence of it out of your system. So, and, and here's one way to think about it. Um, if you were to ask me, hey Grant, tell me about whenever you proposed to your wife. Like I, I could tell you that story. I was there. I remember that. It's been a minute, but I, I could tell you that story. Uh, but if you said, hey, take 30 minutes and just think about that, and uh, and then come back and tell us the story, I could probably tell you a better story. Like I've, I've put more uh, thought into it. Like okay, what was that? day like and and you know who did we call afterwards what was her reaction what did i say what did we do leading up to that what was the weather like like where were we like just more thought and intentionality goes into it it just makes the story better so when i manuscript something out it's not like this verbatim script that i'm trying to memorize but i'm just like i want to i want to really think through like okay this story, is this the best place for this? And then how does it transition in here? What is that transition like? And, and I really want to make this point. Does this drive home that point? And you're, like, you're just thinking it through versus like, I don't know, man, I'm just going to get up there and wing it. And so when you're, when you're working on a script, the next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go through and I'm going to, again, I'm not trying to memorize it verbatim. Okay. That's really, really important here is you're not trying to memorize it verbatim. So here's a way to think about this. Um, you mentioned earlier, like if you go to a, a game, Super Bowl or whatever, uh, they're going to typically sing the national anthem at the beginning, right? If someone messes up the lyrics to the national anthem, 
everybody knows it because we all know <laughs> what the lyrics are supposed to be hypothetically. Right. But if you are giving a speech and giving a presentation and like you skip a sentence or you miss a word or you forget a paragraph or you tell things out of order or you forget a story, nobody knows the difference. Like nobody's mm -hmm. tracking along like, Oh, hang on, let's go back. You missed something. Like nobody knows. Right. So don't feel like you have to memorize it because what happens is, is speakers can, can sometimes over prepare and it becomes so robotic and so scripted and so formulaic that it's just uncomfortable. And so it's important to remember that as a speaker, you are a human talking to a collection of other humans. So act like a human. And so the more robotic you are, the more formulaic you are, the more like deep in your own head, like I'm just trying to remember the next thing. And then I go over here and I move my hands like this. Like people just tune out. They're, they're disconnected there. So it's important to, again, script it out, but don't feel like you're trying to memorize that script verbatim. Just know like, okay, I know I'm, I'm, I'm confident with it. I'm going to tell this story and then it leads to this. And I've really thought this story through and all of that, all of those different pieces together. So again, the biggest thing that I think you can do is just really take the time to, to prepare uh, so that you're more confident when you get up on stage. Yeah. It's uh, I, I remember in real estate, they used to say, don't memorize the script, internalize the script and mm. then make it your own. Right. And that's, that's kind of what I feel like you're describing here is once you kind of dump, I, I'll give you an example. Tomorrow I'm, I'm going to be emptying a workshop and so when they, they gave me the workbook that they're going to be working through. And the first thing I did was exactly what you said. I just dumped everything mm. on a piece of paper. I was like, this is what I want to say all the way through. Uh, then I created a small little PowerPoint with just little tidbits. And yep. now I got like a good idea as to how I'm going to be talking about this. I didn't memorize every little piece, but I have a good idea. Like you said, what stories are going to be there, what content I'm going to be talking about and the order of which I'm going to do it in. And and if I mess up, nobody knows because only I'm the one who dumped it on the paper. Yep. All right. So that's the preparation. That's awesome. Establish yourself as an expert. I love how you we talked about that on the website, doing the demo. Then uh, acquire some paid gigs. So where do I go to acquire some of these paid gigs, right? I mean, there's yep. different places. You kind of mentioned the colleges or whatever but do i go is there like a specific place i can go or do i go like directly to the website send an about info like what, what do i where do i kind of become that tenacity that that uh tyrannical person going after all these gigs yeah yeah so again a lot of this comes back to again you got to be clear on who you're speaking to what problem you solve right uh and so for the speakers it's just kind of like i don't know man i just speak on a bunch of different things and I, then you don't know what you're looking for right but if you're clear like okay like, like for me when i got started um i mentioned i used to be a, a youth pastor and so i was like okay a good next step a good kind of like uh, transition there would be speaking to high schools uh, i was super comfortable and confident speaking to, to high school students and so when i made that transition it's like okay i want to speak to high school so then i know what i'm looking for i'm speaking at a lot of like student leadership conferences speaking to uh did a lot of school assemblies a lot of stuff speaking to um uh, like teacher and service days um parent stuff you know there are a variety of different those type of, of events so then what i'm doing is what you really want to do is you're looking for specific events that are actually happening, okay? That's ideal. And so, uh, versus if you just um, reach out to someone and you're like, hey, if you, you know, if you ever hire a speaker, I hope you think of me, you know, like that's not what you're looking for. And so what I was looking for was a, a lot of times I would look for like student leadership conferences or student leadership events. And so um, I might, uh, I might find like a certain student leadership association as an example, and I would email the executive director and how do you find them? How do you find that their email? Like, 
like it's all on Google. Like you can spend a lot of time on, on Google there. And it's one of those things that um, it's not difficult. It just takes time. It just takes effort. You know, I wish there was some like, yeah, if you just go to this site, like here's, you know, every possible event and you just push this button and it emails them all and then gigs just flow in. Like no, it's going <laughs> to take some like kind of digging through and kind of figuring out like stuff that's going to make sense for, for you and what you're doing. So I would email a lot of like uh, student leadership conferences, executive directors for those groups. Um, I did a lot of school assemblies, like I mentioned. And so I would email like a lot of principals. A lot of times it might be a principal who'd make a decision. In other cases, it might be an assistant principal, a, a director of activities, perhaps someone at the district, maybe a counselor. Like usually that was the principal. And if it wasn't the principal, they could kind of point me in the direction that I needed to go. But again, it all stemmed from I was clear on what I was looking for, you know. So I'm not emailing elementary schools. I'm not emailing XYZ Corporation, you know, because like this, this is who I speak to. This is, this is what I do. Uh, and so, I, again, be really, really clear on that. The other part is when you are reaching out and you're emailing them, um, especially if it is um, uh, like a, a, a like an association that has some type of conference or an event that a lot of times is like an annual event or maybe they have like a spring thing and a fall thing. Like a lot of those things, they're planning on hiring a speaker. They've had they've done the event for year after year after year. They brought in speakers many, many times. You don't have to convince them to hire a speaker. They're already planning on hiring a speaker. You're just showing why you are a good fit. So let me give an example. When I remember when I was in high school, one of my favorite days of the year uh, was a snow day. Now, I know in San Diego, you don't have any idea what a snow day is, but <laughs> no. you, get a, you get enough snow that they're going to close down school. I don't even know if they still do this because of like virtual options that exist now. Uh, and so what would happen is like, you know, we'd get enough snow, they'd close down school and like, A, you're out of school, which is a win. But B, uh, my buddy and I, we would go to like one of the rich neighborhoods and we'd go door to door shoveling driveways and earning money. And the reason this worked is not that we are going to their door and trying to convince them that they have a problem, but saying, no, no, like you got, you got snow in your driveway for 20 bucks. This guy, we can make that disappear for you, right? I'm not trying to convince them that they already have a problem. They already have that problem. I'm just showing why I'm a good solution for it. And that's exactly what you're trying to do as a speaker is saying like, hey, you're already planning on hiring a speaker. I don't have to convince you of that. Let me just show you why I would be a good fit for, for your event. So uh, the other thing is to make sure that you are uh, really, really, really good with follow-up, okay? Do what you say you're going to do. Because if an event planner... A decision maker is um, working on an event that happens, let's say, just on an annual basis. Okay, let's say it's an, it's a summer teacher conference. All right, um, the whoever's deciding on speakers, they're working on that event throughout the course of the year, but they're probably like really thinking about speakers for like a you know a week or two, or a couple of week period. You know, maybe there's a committee or a board that they're kind of running it by, or someone uh, other people there. But it's not like you know they're working on this constantly. So what you want to do is be able to reach out and just kind of ask them like, hey, I'm, I see that you have this conference, this, this teacher conference that's happening in June. I'm curious when you'll start reviewing speakers for that. Right. And that's it. And then they're going to give you a date and they say, oh, you know, we, we usually review speakers in April. Awesome. Is it OK if I follow up with you in April? And they're going to say, sure, because they don't think you're going to actually do it. So when you do it, then you're also giving them a taste of like, hey, this is what it's like to work with me. And so it's mm -hmm. just it's so important to not only be like as a speaker to be great on stage, but to just be really, really easy to work with. Do what you say you're going to do because it just makes their life easier and they're going to want to work with you more. So, uh, again, be like proactive and reaching out and following up to uh, event planners and decision makers who are already looking for speakers. Doesn't matter what entrepreneur I talk to, it's always in the follow up. The follow up is the mm. key to almost every single entrepreneur success. You usually don't have a lead generation problem, you have a follow up problem. And I, I love how That's you good. described it there because it totally makes sense. Uh, yeah, you're right. We don't have snow, 
but there are definitely opportunities to make money. So uh, that's a, that's another great example. All right, last one that I had here is uh, knowing when to scale. Uh, when people want to write a book or t- kind of take that to the next level, how do you know you're ready to scale? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of this depends on like your goals and ambitions. Right. And so there are um, speakers who want to do a hundred, 150 gigs a year and some that want to do 10. And it's not that one's better or worse than the other, but everybody's just going to have kind of different ambitions, different things uh, that they want to do. You know, again, this isn't exclusive to just speakers, but you know, there are people who say, Hey, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to build a business. I want to do some type of startup. And every, what that means to everybody's different for some people like, man, I I don't want any employees. I don't want to deal with any of that. I just want enough that I can have some freedom and flexibility that I can put food on my table, have a great life. That's it. Other people are like, I want to build a billion dollar unicorn and, you know, have my name and, and face on the cover of magazines. I want to be a big deal and I want to have a publicly traded company. Uh, and there's that end of the spectrum and everything in between. So it's not really like one's better, worse than the other. So people who are like, hey, should I write a book? Should I do coaching? Should I do consulting? A lot of it depends on you and what it is that you want to do. So, for example, um, uh, coaching is not, it's not my favorite thing. I don't feel like I'm great at it. And so I know like when we started the speaker lab, like, uh, one of the first things we did is like hire some coaches. And so, uh, we've got a team of about seven coaches now that work with our students and with our clients. And, and I know like, okay, what are the things like I'm good at? What are the things that I'm, I'm not good at? Um, and so another quick example is, uh, as a company, um, selfishly, I wanted to work from home. I don't want to go to an office. So uh, I'm married to my high school sweetheart. we got three beautiful daughters. It's me and a house full of women. It's the best. <laughs> I absolutely love it. And so selfishly, like when we're done here, like I want to be able to go see my family. And so I don't want to go to an office. So we're a completely virtual company. we got about uh, 35, 40 team members all over the US uh, and actually around the world. Uh, just because like uh, this is what I, as the business owner, wanted to do. But everybody else can do something totally different, right? So as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, like you get to make the rules of the game in a way that makes sense for you. And it doesn't, and it may not be the the way it is for for someone else, but you get to decide for you what makes sense. I love that. I love that. Live your life by design. You get to be the designer. You're the architect of your life. You're the architect of what's going on and how, how it will play out. And you are where you are because of the decisions you've made in life. But the bright side is future you will thank you if you make your choices different, uh, a little bit different today. Man, you have just brought a wealth of information today. Grant, if, if people wanted to reach out to you and, and get more information about learning how to turn this into a profession, how could they do that? Yeah, everything we do is over at thespeakerlab.com, thespeakerlab.com. We got a podcast by the same name, the Speaker Lab Podcast. We got over 400 episodes there, a lot of free content. So go check that out. Also got a book called The Successful Speaker: Five Steps for Booking Gigs, Getting Paid, Building Your Platform. It's the uh, that five step process, that Speak Framework we talked through. It just takes that and goes in depth on that. So um, yeah, but a lot of stuff over at, at thespeakerlab.com. So uh, definitely check that out. Sweet, man. You got a podcast of your own, 400 episodes. You're well-spoken naturally because you like to be on stage and and teach people how to do that. Um, My last selfish question is always a testimonial type question. So uh, what was your experience like creating content with the business bros? It was awesome. I mean, you guys have uh, like really put some thought and, and effort into this. This is not something that's just flippantly thrown together. But uh, yeah, I, I appreciate you and appreciate the opportunity to be here. But uh, I, yeah, I, I got I got nothing but love and, and props for you guys and, and the work that you're doing. 
Same. Right back to you, dude. I mean, literally breaking it down as, as speak. And this is this is your process. It's easy to do, easy to remember. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're interested in becoming a public speaker or improving your skills, making money at it as a profession, I highly suggest you guys go check out what Grant's got to offer. Go to thespeakerlab.com, thespeakerlab.com. Grant, thank you very much for coming on the show and sharing with us. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace. And we're out. It's over. Go home. Is your business in need of marketing? Try starting a podcast. But not just any podcast. Podcast like a pro. We can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.business.